Hey everybody. Oh man. Talk about an, another one, another up and down game, another stressful game. I mean, we're getting a lot of excitement out of the Kraken from this last little bit here. Uh, that is for sure. And you know where you can find excitement over at Flatstick Pub. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I'll do a real one in a little bit. Um, RJ will be joining us shortly here uh slight technical difficulties on his side he'll be with us any minute now um but yeah i mean this was a tough one but hey at least the kraken got a point they were able to walk out of this one still a lot of positives uh to come out of this one right joey looked fantastic all the lines that have been doing well for the kraken have continued to do well um that that's all still positive i thought they did a good job you know the 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 PK was was pretty solid for the one opportunity uh, that they had to be out there. Bjorkstrand really got going in this one, right? Just like last year, right? Somebody needs to step up every game, and then this team can be in it. Tonight it was Bjorkstrand. I think that's really solid. That's what we want to see. He's part of that group of guys that you know you're paying and you expect to do to have nights like tonight, and he did. Um, I thought that with like all the goals against, you could kind of pinpoint something. Uh, that was, you know, of issue. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, you know, this game wasn't all that bad. Um, it's just, you know, it is what it is. You at least picked up a point. So you're starting off the road trip well with three points in two games. I, there's not too much to be upset with that. All right. Let's get RJ in here. There we go. How's it going, RJ? Going all right, Dylan. Sorry for the difficulties with the new setup for a second, but thanks for holding it down for the mean in the meantime. No worries. Um, yeah, I mean, RJ, we're just, you know, talking about this, I guess. Uh, you, you pick up the point and that's that's better than nothing. You're are you muted? Nope. All right. <laughs> OK, well, we'll hear from RJ in a little bit. Until then, I'll talk about Flatstick Pub, uh, sponsors of Post Game Live as they are all through this year so far. Again, I, you know. This would have been a fun one to go out back-to-back -back overtime games. You could go celebrate that, have fun over at uh, Flatstick Pub at any of their six locations throughout Washington. Some really great stuff there. Got RJ back. All right, RJ, go ahead. Hey there, can you hear me? Yeah. all good? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, I mean, just a, a tough game, but you do have to bank points at this time of the year. Like it, you know, it's not always going to be pretty. Um, but at least getting a point out of that game against a team that made the playoffs last year, you know, it is something. Yeah, it is. And, and like I said, there was positives throughout this one. Joey Decord, phenomenal night in net, right? I think this was the performance that uh, some people wanted to see from him um, as he's kind of approaching, you know, he's, he's at least right now in the short term, the Kraken starter, just because he's been getting the goal support. They've been able to win their two games with him. He picks up another point for them tonight. Uh, and I feel like this was the game that maybe some of, some of the people who weren't totally bought in needed to see from him. Yeah, because he's had good games before and games where he's made some really clutch timely saves. You look at that last game against Carolina where he still allowed four goals. You never really want to see that. But the saves that he made were very timely. He made saves at the right moments when he absolutely had to. In this game, allowing only two goals in regulation. And I mean, gosh, you look at the last one, absolutely nothing. Nothing that he could do about that. Uh, and making a franchise record, by the way, 42 saves in this one. I, I think it's really a statement game for him. 
Yeah. Now I see some stuff in the comments section, uh, you know, tor towards the, the more recent stuff right now. Um, you know, Nicole, love all the talk the team does about playing for 60 and then only playing for 20. Coop, I get the sentiment of at least we got a point, but to me, it felt like we lost a point tonight. It wasn't like we were down and out and saved a point or something. I mean, I get that, right? Like this was a game you led 2-1 for the vast majority of the game. You give up, you know, that third period goal with less than five minutes left. Is there something to that, RJ? Or is this just, look, Carolina was throwing the kitchen sink at Joey and it was just kind of like a, you know, a matter of time till they tied it. Well, I think the Kraken actually did make some good adjustments in the third. So in the very beginning, they came out in the defensive shell. They were just trying to keep everything to the outside, but spending a ton of time in their own zone. And I'm like, this is dangerous. This is very dangerous. You can't do this. You can't get away with this for 20 minutes. But then they did adjust around the you know, 10, 12 minute mark of the period where they started attacking a little bit more. They did start to try and put some pressure on the Canes to get a goal to really put it away and get that, that third goal to create that cushion. And I, I did like that adjustment in strategy because I didn't think you could get through all 20 minutes just defending, defending, defending. Problem is, it, again, it's just one error where you get a little bit too aggressive. You have four guys, four skaters uh, caught forward and you know they're tired. They just don't have the energy to get back. You had Cartier, you had Beneers that just could not get back in time and you basically create a mini two on O for the Canes in front and there's nothing Joey can do. It's just ones like that where you need to have that situational awareness. Just know what the score is, know what the time is. And if you see three guys in front of you attacking on a play, know that, okay, you can't jump up and join that as well. Right. As I look at the, the money puck, uh, expected goals chart here, RJ, I'll try to get it going. Is, is that big flat, about 15 almost 20 minutes stretch there between the, the 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 midway point of the second period and the midway point of the third period what you're talking about because yeah that was kind of brutal RJ yeah it really was and I again I want to give them a little bit of credit for just defending well in their own zone not letting the canes get to the inside uh you know there weren't a lot of really scary chances but still you just you can't be doing that you can't spend 20 solid minutes just in your own zone consecutively you're not going to win many games when you do that no you you won't um the other thing is on that second goal against if vince dunn goes down on his belly he really lays out to block the the initial pass across that whole play dies for carolina and the kraken have time to get back i think it was kind i i'm not sold on just dropping to one knee the way he did and then it kind of just passes between him and his stick I think you got to go down in that situation. I think you have to commit one way or the other. You either have to say, I'm going to stay on my feet and I'm going to be around for whatever this rush brings, or you kind of have to go all the way down. Make sure you uh, you block that pass. Because he's also, look, um, who was it that I'm looking at here? Matty Beneers was on the guy with the puck and he kind of yeah. had him pretty much taken out of the play. That player did, I think it was Shea, did not have a shot whatsoever. Mm -hmm. He could throw a little weak backhand. Joey's going to stop that every single time. If you're Vince Dunn, you've got to have your head on a swivel and look, okay, who else is here that can that can help out um, and that I can take out of the play? And instead, he converges on the guy with the puck, and all of a sudden, you've got three canes to maybe one kind of trailing crack, and he's getting there too slow, and it's all over. Yeah, no, it was a it was a rough sequence. Really, both goals against were rough sequences for the Kraken. Because on the first goal against, again, it wasn't like the Canes really outplayed the Kraken. It was just Brian Dumlin blows a tire in the corner, right? Creates a turnover opportunity for the Hurricanes. They recognized it, really pounced and got bodies to uh, the net front and, and then got the puck there before the Kraken could kind of catch up to what was going on. It's kind of rough when both goals against in this one, RJ, just they, they feel preventable. 
Yeah, they they're definitely preventable, and I like I don't know how you critique that first one aside from just I guess don't blow a tire, but yeah, it's you know down. easier said than done. Dumoulin's not out there, mm-hmm. you know, thinking he's gonna trip there, and it just it pretty much single handedly leads to the goal against. Yeah. Um, that being said, we got some good stuff from the Kraken, but I want to jump into the the comment section. I'm sure we'll talk about like Bjorkstrand and all his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex sad, but I'll take the point. Rayanne, that game was stressful. I'll take the point. So, all right. So lots of stuff with us taking the point, a light close game against a good team. And we got a point. The team is so far and away better than they were at the start of the season. That's very true. I mean, at least this team, RJ is playing close games very much feels like they're in it. Um, Christian can't give any goal support when our goalies are on their game. What gives is that is still an issue. Um, Sean too much playing not to lose rather than to win. Of course, the moment they do go is when they give up the tying goal. There is something to that, right? Like all four guys finally jump into a play. They really kind of go all out to score RJ and it does come back to bite him. It's unfortunate because same thing a little bit right in overtime, right? You have Adam Larson kind of go for it, try to make the power move. He goes, it goes around the world, then makes the power move. And then, you know, the turnover happens. Kraken don't really ever get the puck back in overtime before they end up losing it. It's unfortunate when them taking risks really comes back to bite them because it means they're not going to do it again. I mean, again, it, it tends to happen. I, are you still sticking behind your, they need to be a little riskier in overtime thing. Although I guess you, yeah, why not? not? Because yeah, you get a decent chance from Adam Larson there. And you know what, if they, he just hangs on to it, sticks around the outside, you're going to a shootout and you're probably going to lose that shootout. Yeah. I was going to say again, if they were good in the shootout, I would completely be singing a different song. The fact of the matter is they're not good in the shootout. It doesn't make sense to hold on for that. And look, if they were really aggressive on that Adam Larson thing and somebody else had driven to the net behind him, they score the game winning goal there because that puck was sitting in front of Anderson and Anderson was on his back. He had no idea where it was. If the Kraken really bought into that opportunity and followed up Adam Larson, they win the game. Yeah, they do. If it doesn't go in, you got probably a two on O the other way. But at that point in overtime, if you assume you're going to lose a shootout, you know, I guess why not? Yeah, exactly. Ryan, they got to shoot the puck. That is weird, RJ. We've seen the Kraken be, a, a you know, the team that wins the shot volume contest. But in this one, Carolina just schooled them. Yeah, they, they really did. Although, I mean, Carolina, they, they play this way, right? They yes. put so many shots on net. And the reason that I was so on it as far as uh, Joey breaking the saves record is because that game last week against Carolina at home, I think they had 30 shots on goal through two periods. And so I was looking up, okay, where's the saves record at? Because Joey could probably make a run for that in that game. And then it kind of slowed down for Carolina at that point. But it just it felt very similar to this one, except the game just stayed close enough uh, that they were able to get some more shots and it went to overtime but Carolina is as a volume shooting team I believe to a fault um so you know you can't expect to keep up with them but the Kraken though you know they probably did not put enough pucks on net tonight and especially getting guys to where they needed to be for those first period you know they were good they were opportunistic they you know were able to finish on their shots probably more than the quality actually was but uh after that it just really dried up like that 20 minute stretch you know I don't know how many shots on goal they have but it was not a lot no, it really wasn't. Um, now, I thought the the Matteo Kart 7 lines kept it going in this one. They were all over things in the Carolina Hurricane zone. As B saying, that Matty post is going to haunt me, not going to lie. That was a rough that one. Rough. But I thought that line did really well. Jake, let, 
one slip away, but three out of four points is an okay start to the road trip. Now let's get that first win versus Tampa and Florida along the way, Florida on Saturday, uh, and then Tampa on Monday. But we've got a super chat here from Light. Thank you very much, Light. The Kraken have yet to win in front of Joey when he allows less than four goals against in both years. Coincidence. That's wow. brutal. What That's an observation. Brutal. I think I might try and craft that into a into a tweet tonight there. Because so that that must mean he's, you know, so he's got all his wins when he allows um, you know, four or more goals for the crack. Wow. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting situation, right? Um, I why why can't they give goal support to Grubauer for the second year straight? And then uh, for Joey, uh, anytime he plays, he plays great. They they they're not there for him. If he's maybe a little rough, they're there for him. It's a, this is this yeah. is an interesting team. To, Although to real quick, I do I do want to you know give a little bit of praise to Dave Haxtall for making the decision to start Joey in this game. Like Grubauer had been playing well. Joey's just coming yep. off a start in the last game. Like I I didn't expect it to be honest. I really didn't see it coming. But I like that he's willing to do this and throw in a goalie who he feels is playing well for another game here and hopefully not burn Grubauer out over the course of a whole season. Like this is what I was hoping to see as far as the mm -hmm. goalie rotation. Well, we saw it last year from him, right? He, he was totally fine riding the hot hand, riding the goaltender that's picking up the W's, riding the goaltender that's getting the goal support. Like that, Dave Axtell showed us last year. He is willing to do that. And right now that's what he's doing. Jack, Joey played his butt off tonight and put on a clinic with rebound control. That is true. And I feel like that was kind of the difference between this one and the first Carolina game, RJ, was Joey, he wasn't giving up anything in this one. Like He was just a black hole. Pucks just went there and they died. Yeah, they did. And and it makes me think of what Dave Haxtell said after the first game against the Canes, where he was asked kind of what he thought about Joey's performance. And, you know, he said he thought he did well enough. You know, he did good, you know, got the win. But he said some of the goals against, you know, there's some learning moments for him really uh, on those. And and I think Joey Decord has, has done a good job of learning from those goals against. I think learning from those plays where you maybe give up too big of a rebound and do those kind of things. So it's good to see him kind of learning from those moments and kind of, uh, you know, getting his game a little bit better, a little bit more focused. And you're seeing the dividends in games like this. Yes, yes, you are. Nicole, Joey deserves so much better. Um, <laughs> James, hate their overtime strategy. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. And then also from James, Beneer's on pace for like 25 points this year. Oof. Yes, but this is just like with some of those beginning uh, early games to start the season, RJ. That Beneers line is getting chances. I mean, there was the, the two-on-one opportunity where, unfortunately, Beneers was tangled up with somebody, loses a glove. He's kind of forced into sending a bad pass over. There was the post that we talked about. Maddie is playing well, and especially that line. I mean, again, tonight, expected goals for. They're, they're doing stuff. They were out there for a goal again, so that kind of hurt them on the uh, the whole like percentage. But they, they make offense more than any other line on this team right now. Like The points will come from Maddie. Yeah, I'm a, definitely a believer in that. Certainly after watching this game too, and just seeing the chemistry the three of them had, the chances they were able to create. You mentioned those other two. I think also of the one where uh, Maddie held the puck in right inside the offensive blue line and then zips a really quick pass over to Ty Karche for a little mini breakaway from the dots in. And, and it's those kind of plays where you see the chemistry with these three guys. The goals will come. The points will come for those guys. Just need to give it some time.
Mm-hmm. Coop fourth line still low key carrying this team. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I put out the tweet earlier. You retweeted it um, from the main account. When it comes to expected goals percentage, the Kraken have three of the top 37 lines in the league. That's in the top 20%. Three of their four lines are in there. And the fourth line is not one of them, right? Like the rest of these lines are playing really well for the Kraken. They're, it's just not translating. So it's one where I feel like they are better now that we've had these line combinations. They are playing better. It's just still maybe a little bit of that bad luck is still hanging around for this team. Is is that your kind of um, a little bit? Too? But I think also just is because they do finish occasionally, and that's that's really good for them. You know, you may not get a lot of the chance generation because they're not on the ice a ton. But you know, when you can have a player, uh, you know, like a Devin Shore, who when you get that opportunity on a breakaway. A lot of fourth liners are not going to be able to pull out that move out of their bag. You know, do the little can opener on the backhand, open up the legs. I mean, that was gorgeous. But being able to do that makes a big difference in the game. And, you know, you see it's one of only two goals in regulation for the Kraken. Um, When your fourth line is able to do stuff like that, it, it does make a big difference. And so they are contributing in that way. Yeah. Lindsay pointing out still haven't lost in regulation this season in front of Joey. So there is that. I mean, Joey is picking up points for a team that realistically really needs to pick up those points to kind of hang around in the in the thick of a all over the place Pacific Division right now. Uh, Still, I think three out of four is a great start to this road trip that the Kraken really needed to perform on. Nicole, it was excruciating watching the Kraken do anything in the offensive zone. They couldn't set up anything. I think this is, again, where that that dead stretch, RJ, through the second half of the second, the beginning of the third kind of comes in. Because really in the first period, I thought the Kraken looked all right. They were get, able to get a little bit of a cycle going at times. You know, you, you look at the, um, the goal from Bjorkstrand. That's a pretty one. There was passing before, right? Larson was able to get a good shot off. Uh, one time with the Maddie Beneers line out there. It's just, you know, they, they couldn't sustain it. Yeah, that was really the problem is they just couldn't sustain it, get those uh, those reloads, those second, third opportunities and just keep driving the canes back into the zone. And ultimately, that's what you kind of have to do to create consistent offense. You can't rely on an Oliver Bjorkstrand coming in, making a fantastic move around Brent Burns and then just sniping Anderson like you can't rely on that. You can't rely on yeah. a, a you know Devin Shore getting behind the defense and, and putting that move on the goalie. You know, it's it's great when it happens but it's not a consistent, reliable way, sustainable way to create offense. No, it's not. Uh, Hunter, Joey getting the Grubauer treatment. Oh, it's, I mean, that is true. Uh, a little bit here. <laughs> um, jo- Joey played great, but he makes me so nervous always coming out of the net from Coop there, RJ. He does. He, he adds a little bit to these games that are already they're going to overtime, RJ. I don't know that we always need that extra stress. You don't enjoy watching the adventures of Joey Decord. I mean, the one that just was the kicker for me in the third period was when he gets himself involved in a board battle along the sideboards. I mean, that's that's never ideal when your goalie's involved in that. And I think it was a little yeah. bit of a miscommunication as the puck kind of came back by the goal line. Uh, but yeah, he definitely does go on his adventures. And, uh, you know, thankfully, he hasn't really fully been burned yet, at least not in a way that was his fault. I mean, yes, he kind of came out and played that puck to Dumoulin before Dumoulin tripped. But I mean, that's that one's not on Joey. Yeah. Christian, is Tampa the only team we haven't beaten yet? I believe yes. so. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we'll we'll look forward to that on Monday. But again, we got Florida in between there. I see lots of stuff. Whole other game, yeah. There's a there's a totally good game against Florida on Saturday to, to get through first. Um, 
not looking good with Tampa coming up. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think I've ever seen the Kraken give up that uh, many shots on goal in year one. Um, I, there was games, I feel like. Yeah, there were. I, I think, well, I know on uh, one of, it was Drieger's 41 save game where the Kraken gave up 45 shots to the Vancouver Canucks of all teams. Mm -hmm. um, so they have done it before. Right. Harvey, Joey setting the saves record for the franchise was cool to watch. He was legit tonight that he was. And then B favorite moment tonight was Joey's poke check on Ajo's shorthanded attempt. It was, it was a great read from him to just go out there and really challenge him like that. And it kind of saved the goal. It was brilliant. It was aggressive. It was bold. And he, I think he noticed that Sebastian Ajo kind of had his move already picked out, had his head down and couldn't really adjust by the time that poke check came out. Cause I mean, Joey put that poke check out pretty darn early. Like if Ajo's looking up and can read that, he can just throw it five hole and sco score on Joey. But I think he recognized that Ajo, you know, wasn't trying to read the play. He just had his head down and was going to make his move, got just enough of it to send it wide. And it was a really clutch save too at that point in the yes, game. Yes, it was. No, it was a, fantastic one and really we've seen him look really good on all the breakaways that other teams have had against him so far this year we he looked pretty decent in the one shootout that the kraken did go to i thought he did well there i know they ended up losing it but i thought he did okay there really the only the only sequence about that that i disliked rj the only part of that that i really wasn't feeling was the fact that Kraken were on a power play and again for their power play the most dangerous chance on the ice was for the other team that maybe needs to stop it was one thing last year when the power play couldn't score it's another thing this year where we seem to just constantly give up shorthanded breakaways that's kind of something that needs to calm down Oh. Yeah, it looked all too familiar, I think, certainly with a breakaway going back against them, you know, Vince Dunn getting beat the other way. And and but that's another reason that save is so clutch, too, because another shorthanded goal against. I mean, that'd be an absolute killer in this one. Yeah. Um, Tati, the third period was spent trying not to lose instead of pushing to win. It's like we were just surviving and left it at that. It does have elements of that rj as far as what it feels like it, it does kind of feel like they were maybe just trying to get through to the end of the game at that point do you, we haven't seen the kraken really in this position yet this year do you think that is something they need to be more aggressive about next time i think in general yes yeah and you look the kraken are, are i think what is two and oh before this when leading going into the third period. Um, and so I think they had been more aggressive in the past in some of those games. I don't, well, how, I, how'd they look in Detroit? I mean, I know the results were bad, but what did they do? Did they just sit back and defend or did they really go out and try to attack or they just sat back and took a lot of penalties? Well, they, they for the third period, yeah, they just kind of took penalties, couldn't stop that momentum, and then they had to come back and and try to win it, so or tie it up. So, yeah, I because I mean, in that game, you you score the two goals really late in the second period. You have no time really with the lead. I think game clock wise, it would have been only about four and a half minutes that the Kraken had a lead in that game. So, in that sense, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> they, they, they really they don't know how to defend a lead if that's the case. Um, Lindsay, got to win at least one of Florida or Tampa for me to consider this a successful road trip. Yeah, RJ, let's say they walk away with five points out of four games. Is that enough for you? It's it's enough, just barely. It's enough to kind of get by because at least you get past a difficult stretch. And I think you've got, what, Nashville, Arizona, like Calgary, I forget what the next three teams are after this, but they're beatable teams. And yeah. then if you get back to your ways of taking care of business, 
that's okay. It's enough to just get you by and keep you in things. So yes, but you know, you got to be able to move that forward and continue to answer. Yep. Sean, I will be at the Tampa game, but though I hate to say it, I am not a good luck charm when I'm at games. I will just leave it there. It's all going to change now, Sean. On Monday, you are going to be a good luck charm. Call it. I'm going to send the positive energy starting right now. Jake, that Shorzy goal was nice. It was. I know you already talked about it a little bit, RJ, but to receive the puck like that, right, in that situation and then have to, I mean, he has to settle it down. And I was worried he was just going to run out of time to even make a move uh, the way he was really having to almost chase that puck into the zone and then try to settle it down. He really only had time to make one move. Thankfully, Freddie Anderson bought, bought it. Yeah, he did. Hook, line, and sinker. And, you know, after watching Devin Shore through all of training camp in the preseason, I had no clue he had that in his bag. No clue he had the silky mitts like that. And to bat it down at the blue line to kind of settle that puck down off the pass, too. I mean, that takes some really good hands, and he he showed off the skill there. But, of course, you know, Dylan, I, I saw this coming, and I told you before the game yes. that it was going to happen. My uh, my In-N-Out Burger receipt was number nine. I was order number 94, and I'm like, sure, goal incoming, and sure enough. Yep, that's it. Uh, as we all know, in and out can predict the future like that. That's that's what they're known for. Rayanne, thank you very much for the super sticker. Really, really appreciate it. Um, do those show up on the YouTube feed? I hope they do. Yeah, um, I hope so. Let's see. Uh, where was I here? Both Bjorky and Shorzy goals were spectacular. They were Sean. I mean, they were they were both you know nice highlight kind of goals there. Um, Joey, we got to start winning our playoffs is a dream. Sorry, not a fan of the loser points, and I never will be. NHL point system is stupid. Kraken shouldn't get a point for losing. Oh, do we have to start the loser point debate over again, RJ? No, uh, we don't. I'll just say I agree with that sentiment. I'm going to say it's a good thing the loser points there for days like today. Do, there do you, you go. feel any better, Dylan? Do, do you feel any better, though? Yes, I do. The difference between having six points in the standings and five could be a big deal. Okay. And those Fair accumulate enough. over the course of a season. I, they're points. I don't know. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's the system we have. Make the most of it. Uh, even <laughs> though Tanev wasn't doing that great before he got injured, I missed his energy. I missed his energy and hustle. That's from Christian. I do still think that there are times like that dead stretch of this one, RJ, where they do need somebody who can be the energy guy. Cartier is an energy guy, but he doesn't have that kind of ability to just kind of swing momentum in his team's favor, right? He hasn't maybe figured that out yet. He hasn't played enough games. We're still forgetting he's got, what, less than 20 NHL games at this point? It's probably only around like 10 or 12 uh, for his career. So I, I still think that, you know, they, they miss that from Tanev. I, we haven't totally seen Yanni go for that either at any point. Like at, at some point, somebody does have to be that person who goes out there, lays a hit, does something to get this team to kind of wake up when they need it. Yeah. Yanni made one attempt in the Rangers game and it did not go well. So, uh, you know, unfortunately it's probably not a lot of positive reinforcement for that, but yeah, it is something that they're certainly missing with Tanev out and not everyone can do it. I think Cartier further down the line in his career could absolutely be the guy to do that, but it's a lot to put on the shoulders of a rookie. Yeah. Although he doesn't play like a rookie. I'm telling no, you, he, he, they, doesn't. He, he just generates chances like crazy. I thought him and Eberly displayed a lot of really good chemistry in this one. I know we normally talk about Cartier and Matty Beniers. I thought that, you know, him and Ebbs were really, really solid in this one. Striatic, was this a good team figures out how to get a point game? 
no, it was kind of a good team figures out how to only get a point. Yeah, I mean, it was I always throw that out there when it's tied with five minutes to go. And and I guess, you know, it was tied with under five minutes to go. So you, you certainly can't blow it. You know, yeah, you know, good, good teams don't lose those games. That's for, for in, in regulation. Sorry for that's for darn sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, when you have the lead that late, you'd like to hang on to it. Yeah. Um, from Ricky Spanish. Canes are a good team. Just happy Joey was able to keep the Kraken in it. 45 shots going into overtime is not good. Uh, it includes overtime, but yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of shots. But again, as you said earlier, Carolina is a volume based team. Uh, shooting team not all of those shots were like grade a chances <laughs> there were so many chances and i think edzo pointed this out too where the canes just at some place in the offensive zone just kind of lobbed a puck at joey decor and he just kind of caught it with his glove and like looked at it you know there are a lot of those too yeah uh stratic devin shore for the all-star game why not why not indeed uh seemed like we got too aggressive on that one rush though we had four guys down below the dots from coop look it's one of those if they had scored there and they go up by two and they're leading three one we would have been like wow what a great read by whoever it was that stepped up and got into that play and whatever but it is that it's it's a gamble and look when you're a team that has struggled for offense over the course of this season it makes sense why they took a chance like that it's just really unfortunate that it comes back to bite them. Again, I don't dislike the chance. I don't know that the chance itself hurt them as much as, you know, just Vince Dunn misplaying that pass across. I mean, that's one of the few times you're going to see. I, mean, I know I've already talked about this. A few times you're going to see a defenseman in a two on one not go down to block that pass. I'm still kind of blown that he didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a misread. I think it is miscalculation for him for sure. But still, you have it's just situational awareness. And I, I will harp on this a lot of the time where you have to know the score. You have to know how much time is left in the game. And you have to kind of make judgments based on that. And I just think that's the one instance in this game where they really didn't do that. And I don't like the gamble. I, I don't. Yeah. And I, I, I did praise them earlier in this post game for kind of attacking. But you want it to be through a forecheck that's sustained. You want it to be just off the rush it's really dangerous because it can go back the other way all right but i am just going to point out for everybody right we went from comments saying that they were too passive in defending their lead to now complaining about the one time they tried to be aggressive to add to the lead so well no it's... they were they were aggressive prior to that but the thing is they were aggressive when they had sustained possession in the offensive zone they got a four check mm -hmm. going and then they had defensemen kind of step up sometimes to keep the puck in or to jump into the play and do things once you already have it established in the zone there i think there is a difference between being aggressive when you're already set up in the zone you're in part of a cycle versus when you're on the rush and i think the latter is a lot more dangerous yeah. Uh, Duthin with the super chat. Thank you very much, Duthin. Shout out for three out of four road trip points and the hot hand Joey. Maddie's going to start turning some posts into goals. I can feel it. I know I was there was some more. Uh, Maddie needs to, you know, get going kind of stuff. Again, he's he's trying. He is doing it. It's not that he's not showing up at all. It's just that they're not going in for him. And then, yeah, I mean, Joey just again, I, I, we can't say it enough, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So we had that uh, starting a petition for Dylan and RJ to split coaching duties this year. Well, Gilberto, we have in the past. We know how to yeah. make that work. I don't know. I, I feel like we'd end up just with too many disagreements by the end of any season. It would not go well. We have different philosophies for coaching, I think. Yes. Got to split the games. Um, yeah. Kaylin, holy cow, the Ducks just beat the Bruins. My mind is blown. And then followed up by beep boop. Ducks are better than Kraken. It's over. It's a seven game sample size, guys. I'm, I'm yeah. not trying to argue with chat. I'm really not. But a lot of this is just it's it's small sample size. I will say it's that. early and the Bruins were due for a loss. Like there's no way they're yes. going to light the world on fire again. Right. I mean, they hadn't had a loss this season yet. Who's even on that team anymore? A bunch of bums. That's what I say. Uh, can't wait for the Bruins game now. Why did I say that? Uh, I will say this. The Ducks, um, Leo Carlson played tonight and got a goal. I believe they won the last game. He scored a goal. So maybe on the, you know, every three games when Leo Carlson plays and then gets a goal, the, the Ducks are just unbeatable. Just one of yeah, those That's pretty smart load management. Honestly, it, just it's playing like every other game, but he scores every game that he plays. Yeah. Uh, Stratic saying they're good in the shootout now that they have Shore. That's possible, RJ. Maybe they should have played for the shootout just so they could send Devin Shore out there. Do you think Hextall would have given how he scored the goal earlier in the game? I would like to think so. And you know what? After this last shootout that they had a few games ago where he actually did put out some new shooters, I'm going to go with yes. I, I believe in Dave Haxtell. I think he would mm -hmm. do the right thing and put him out there. Uh, but before that game, I would have said no way. Look, he rides the hot hand with the with the goaltenders. No reason to think he wouldn't with the shooters too, right? I, I'm just saying. Um, how about Schwartz feeling himself taking another rush clapper in overtime this time, lol, from Coop. I love that. I was all for that, RJ. Rockstar. That's rockstar <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> Gotta go for it. Alex, Carolina is the model expected by whom test case for expected goals models. It's very oh, yeah. true. Very, very true. Um Hunter averaging one goal with Gru and Net, so that's probably why we're talking about you know why Joey, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, we'll see. I gotta imagine we're gonna see Grubauer next game, right, RJ? Yeah, I would have to think so. I mean, I don't think they're gonna go with Joey three games in a row. You got to keep Grubauer involved and and you know within that rotation. You don't anyone want anyone getting stale. Yeah, uh, Toddy with the super chat. Thank you very much. Considering the changes Hack has already made so far, what do you guys think needs to change over the next few games to maybe turn the season around? Now, this is this is um, an interesting question, RJ, because my answer is kind of that they don't need to change anything. Like, I think the changes you already made are good changes. Uh, you, you you got three out of four points to start the road trip. I don't know. It, yeah, it sounds wrong, right? Uh, you know, after another loss here, but lineup wise, I think they've got to stick with what they have right now. Um, those, the chances are going to, they're already coming. The goals are going to come. I think, you know, it's going to be a couple tough opponents, but I think as far as Hackstall and the coaching staff, you've tweaked things already. You've made the adjustments that you've needed to make, whether it's due to injuries or poor performance, you're starting to get better results. And I think at this point, it's just on the players right now. The players have to step up, go in, do their jobs, and do them well. Right. Again, you had those those lines. Uh, now, one of those lines did include uh, Berkey, who is out now. But you have three of the top 37 lines, basically, in the NHL. Out of 152 qualifying lines, you had three of the top 37. Right? That's close to the top 20%. You've got three of your four lines up there. That's fantastic. Like nobody can say that, right? Like even Vegas, I don't think could say that right now. And they're undefeated. So 
what what they did change to and they really only changed to it what three games ago two games ago it really hasn't yeah, been that games. long two games um uh, we just got to get a give it a little time and in those two games rj they got what 75 percent of the possible points in the two games yeah, you take three out of four possible points yeah. all season long. Yeah, if if we said the Kraken were going to be at 700 points percentage the rest of the season, I think we'd all get on board with that. So that's where we're at there. Uh, Corey, just because we're miserable does not mean Afra should be. Here's a treat. Afra, you got a treat. I love that Thank from you. Corey. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, other side of you. I know. I got to okay. get the treats out. <laughs> okay. They're, yeah, yeah, they're locked sense. away in an Afra-proof uh, safe next to the desk so that she doesn't just you know get sneaky in the middle of the night mm -hmm. as we all know afra probably would there oh Not i forgot to post the picture of the discord earlier today but yeah i got to see afra in person today yes. i went over to dylan's house and said hello to afra she was, she was so happy there go i don't get see? to see her very often but no it was thanks. such a treat thanks Corey. there she goes <laughs> she'll try to get a slightly better view there <laughs> she <laughs> tries to hide her treat uh thank you very much there Corey. really appreciate that um so yeah i i think the the crack and you know we'll see how they do rock todd's gonna be at the florida game saturday he had a huge win over the panthers last year yeah i mean historically um as jmg is pointing out kraken have never lost to the panthers in florida they are 2-0 yeah, they have done well. And I think maybe that's why there's not a whole lot of talk about that game in chat is because, you know, after a loss and there could be some pessimism, oh, Tampa's going to be really tough. Tampa's going to be really tough. Uh, no real negative memories of those games in Florida. It's because they've done well. Yeah. Uh, Edward, second period, regularly not good for the Kraken. Petition to abolish the second period, just play first and third. I'd be down for that, RJ. And then if we could also get rid of power plays at, while we're at it, I mean, this team would be unstoppable. Yeah, nothing could get in their way. Just abolish abolish one period of hockey and power plays. Yeah. Uh, Jake, I thought our power play zone entries looked better, though. Didn't convert, but still. Uh, it is true. I mean, like I said, the most dangerous chance was the Aho shorthanded attempt. But I did think the power play, it wasn't that bad overall. Yeah, no, and I think, as you pointed out, the entries looked pretty good they're, they're starting to get a little bit more you know cohesive on those and that it does kind of take time as the season goes on to get those entries right um you know and obviously you'd like to maybe win more face-offs off the start of those power plays you don't have to have as many entries uh but they did well you know when put in that situation they're winning face-offs at even strength baby steps baby steps okay <laughs> yeah. baby maybe by the playoffs they can win special teams face-offs too alan not mad at this effort at all canes pressed really hard halfway through the second between the effort and decord i will take a point with a smile on this game agree with that and then b wenberg seemed to be playing better tonight but still not really 2c level to me i don't know what to think about him to be honest rj what should we be thinking about wenberg right now you know, Alex Wenberg, he, he does his thing. He's he's solid defensively. He's going to make smart plays with the puck, you know, whether it's breaking it out of the zone or in the offensive zone. He's going to be super, super, super selective with any kind of shots that he's going to take. This is what he's been his whole career. It's what he is right now. And he's not going to drive offense on a second line. Right. This is just something we know about Alex Wenberg. And so if still at this point, your expectations are for him to drive offense on a second line, you're going to be disappointed. And I think it's, you know, it's not really Wenberg's fault at this point. You know, anyone who's disappointed in that, because that's just what he does. He's a very consistent player, but 
there are certain things he does not bring. And unfortunately, the Kraken, with the lack of goal scoring elsewhere, they kind of are relying on him to drive offense on a second mm -hmm. line a little bit. And so I think that's where some of that disappointment's coming from. Now, I'm going to push back slightly on that, RJ, because okay. I think I think he indirectly drives offense with Bjorkstrand and Schwartz as his line mates because both Schwartz and Bjorkstrand like to attack off the rush. What does Wenberg do? He always holds back on rushes because he is so defensively responsible. So it kind of gives them a clearer runway, especially because Bjorkstrand off rushes, just like we saw for his goal tonight, wants to work inside. If Wenberg was joining that rush, RJ, Bjorkstrand isn't able to work inside like that because Wenberg and then whoever is defending Wenberg is clogging up the slot there. So I think indirectly he helps contribute to that goal. I think he indirectly contributes to the uh, Jaden Schwartz stuff as well, just because Jaden Schwartz likes to play down and around the net. And I just think that, again, without having like a center there, it just kind of works. Or Jaden Schwartz, again, likes to tack off the attack off the rush. Wenberg's never really part of those rushes. It allows Jaden Schwartz to have a little bit more time and space to work with. I think since that line has been put together, I mean, again, the expected goals say that line is playing well, but I think indirectly because of how Wenberg pulls back and doesn't directly contribute, it opens things up for those two guys. Okay, so you're saying, yeah, what he allows them, he allows them to do what they do best from exactly. an offensive standpoint with those he two guys. He stays the you know what? hell out of the way. That's what he does. <laughs> you know what? I, I think that is a persuasive argument, actually. The more I think about some of the plays there, like, you know, you don't notice him on the Bjorkstrand goal because he's not anywhere near there. Mm -hmm. But but if he was, maybe it turns out differently. Interesting right. argument. Yanni Gord would have been there. Right. How many mm -hmm. times have we seen in the past Bjorkstrand try to work inside? Yanni Gord is there and the play kind of dies because there's two defenders there all of a sudden. Right. If, if Oliver Bjorkstrand only needs to beat one guy to be able to gain the middle of the ice and pick apart a goaltender like we saw tonight, that's so much easier than having to get around not just his one guy he's got to beat, but now a second guy and then he's got his own center in the way. I think that's a very, very big deal. And so I know it's like that. I mean, maybe I'm just like trying to gallop brain this but i really do kind of believe in that and i think that's partly why we're seeing it a little bit better um the production from both bjorkstrand and from that second line as a as a whole um one of larson and dunn need to pick up uh Nikos off that second goal uh from backhand sauce again it it was a tough one dunn was already kind of down and out from that play dunn's opportunity on that second goal was just to block the pass across initially prevent that whole sequence from happening um Otherwise, yeah, I mean, I I wasn't sure was was Larson really the defenseman who had jumped up into that play, or was it a different defenseman? And they they had been in the process of a change, kind of. RJ, do you happen to know offhand or? Um, yeah, it was Adam Larson actually. So Larson actually kind of headmans the play. I have it up on here. I'm looking okay. on my phone. So Larson headmans the play. He's the guy with the puck to start things off. He makes a drop pass to Jordan Eberly, and then he kind of goes off into the corner to become a passing option. Eberly tries to go right back to him in the corner. But uh, some Kane, one of the Canes players, I think it's Brady Shea, makes this great diving play to knock that pass away to break it up and send the puck back the other way. And so at that point, Larson's already down by the faceoff dot. You have another forward down by the faceoff dot. And then you have Matty Beniers, who was trailing, and he kind of takes this not the best path back. And then also he go, gets right in Adam Larson's way as Larson's trying to back check there. And so they kind of bump into each other and it slows both of them down. And all of a sudden, Larson and Beniers are kind of uh, stuck there and not able to get back as fast as they want to. 
Yeah. All right. Great analysis there, RJ. Thank you very much. Uh, also from backhand sauce, real quick, just Milan Lucic plays for Boston, so you're 100% correct. It's my whole, uh, got a bunch of bombs. So yeah, there we go. Yep. <laughs> uh, William is a fan of the 3 to one point system, RJ, which does feel, you know, slowly like the best middle ground between both, uh, both, uh, yeah, it is an improvement. It's better. Form. Yeah. Yeah. Striatic. Why am I so optimistic after this loss? It feels like the team may be slowly figuring things out and trend lines are good. That's kind of what I'm saying. I, I think they are. I think you, you're saying that too, RJ. Like I said, the, the numbers all kind of back that up. And look, we just won a game by tying it late and then winning in overtime at the last minute. And then we lost in the same kind of fashion. It What that tells me is these were two good teams right uh and the kraken were right there with them and they're they're on par with them i i don't know i think that's all right yeah i think it is and it's just the real question is do you feel like you're kind of running out of time because you know yeah you did drop a bunch of games early and you kind of have that hill to climb before you get back to 500 but it's a long season i think it's still mm -hmm. really early you know if if the kraken are still kind of trying to climb this hill to 500 and it's thanksgiving then it's a different conversation but it's still really early i think you have to give it a few more games Yep. Uh, I like this from Duthin. The fact that we're tied for the last wild card spot with the start we've had, I'm feeling okay. Nothing's out of reach yet. I think that's that's important to remember. Thank you, Duthin. And uh, good luck to Jen in her game there. Um, absurdly saying, Stratic, I'm with you. It's way too early for doom and gloom, and they seem to be figuring things out. Hopefully Tanev will be back and ready to go soon, and they'll show us who they are. Agreed. Uh, um, do you guys like McCann on that third line though? I'm not sure, but I do. Uh, I am not sure I do, but I like the Cartier, Maddie Ebbs line. I mostly feel like McCann and Ebbs should stick together. That's from Coop. I don't know. I, I like the way all the lines are played right now, RJ. I kind of don't want to change anything. Yeah, I wouldn't want to change anything either. And you know what? Even if this spot on the third line isn't what McCann, where he should be ideally long-term, and I think it's probably not, I think it's just something he needed. I think it's an element to his game that he just needed to get back. And he talked about that. Like, that's not my idea. That comes from listening to him uh, before it was, it was after the last game or, or this morning before the, uh, I forget which one it was, but he was talking about playing on that third line. And he said that he felt like he just kind of needed to simplify his game, just get some pucks deep, go in, chase him, go hit some people and just get involved in the game. And playing on that third line is what allows him to do that. Cause he, he's like, I know how Yanni uh, is going to play. I know how Tolby's going to play. They're, you know, kind of straight line players and I can just go and be a straight line player with them mm -hmm. and simplify my game. And I think that's just something he needed for a few games to kind of get back into things as a 40 goal scorer, as someone who's relied upon to be a real finisher. Sometimes you, I think you can get into your own head a little bit. I think sometimes you can get a little too cute sometimes, you know, just, mm -hmm playing that straight line style of game with two really predictable players, even just for a few games is kind of just like a little mental refresh, I think is really yeah. huge for Jared McCann. Yeah. And we're seeing a good debate here uh, between like Coop and B. Uh, well, I'll go through Coop stuff. I'd like to see Cartier, McCann, Bjorkstrand spend some time together. Then Schwartz, Eberly, and McCann as a vet line. Um, McCann to Ebbs just scored the game winning goal though. I guess the analytics on the Ebbs, Maddie Cartier line are good, but they aren't scoring a ton or anything. I know it was three on three, but still those two McCann and Everly are just so smart and savvy. I get where you're coming from Coop, but I will say, I mean, Everly has looked the best since Cartier joined that line five on five, right? Like Everly looks dangerous again. He looks younger. He looks faster. He's involved 
on odd man rushes multiple times a game, both last game and tonight. Again, they're not being converted, but that doesn't mean those chances aren't there. Um, so I like Cartier with Everly. I spoke about it earlier. I like their their kind of stuff uh, earlier. Do you think that maybe there's a chance McCann and Schwartz switch RJ? Right. I mean, Schwartz could be a straight line player, play with Gordon Tolvin in two, and then you can have McCann and Bjorkstrand maybe try to find some chemistry uh, with Wenberg, you know, staying out of the way. Maybe. I mean, I, yeah, I think I may have suggested that a few games ago too, having having that pair together. Um, and I think you could see it. But if I'm Dave Haxel, I'm just not messing with these lines right now. I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking the indicators. And I, I want to give these guys more chances to build chemistry as they are right now. I, I, I'm really in no rush to change these lines right now. Yeah, and B agrees with you. I feel like McCann is working all right where he is now. I just hate to mess with the Maddie Ebbs carts line since they're clicking pretty well. Agreed. Christian's optimistic. Don't see any reason why things can't turn around for the Kraken, uh, for sure. Um, Christian asking, I mean, just because we're all already talking about the lines, when Tanev and Berkey return, what would the ideal lines be? Well, I think for York, uh, for Burakovsky, excuse me, uh, it would be to go back and play with um, Gordon Tolvanen because that was that other line in the in the top 37 for the Kraken. Now, the problem is that creates where where the heck does McCann go? And that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe with I think maybe McCann goes with, I don't know, Wenberg and Bjorkstrand. Yeah. And then and then Schwartz drops to line four. Yeah, Schwartz, Tanev, I mean, Belmont. I mean, right, yeah, I mean, right now, Schwartz is mostly producing on the power play. There's no reason he couldn't stay on the power play, you know, yeah. and, and contribute, even if he's not getting as as much five-on-five -five ice time. It's The point is, Christian, it's going to be, they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, um, we wouldn't be concerned about this game without the first couple losses. We're fine from Jake. Agreed. Lindsay, hopefully Calgary and Edmonton will still be losing by the time you read this comment. Uh, I don't know if they are, but hopefully Man, Edmonton losing again. I just, I'm not, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Let them lose. We don't need to pay attention and, and maybe jinx anything. Yeah, they uh, both are still down to nothing. So what mm -hmm. did I just say, RJ? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me bring up the fact that last time the kraken were in overtime they won without you here <laughs> they lost the time you i was here. hoping to get through all the post game without anyone bringing mm -hmm, that up but mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. uh uh sean am i wrong saying that we need to see a lot more from gord been impressed by tolvi's game off the puck but i just don't totally like what i'm seeing overall from yanni so far of course, we are missing Tolvanen scoring too. I kind of see where Sean's coming from, just because Yanni has been so quiet, uh, just from a, like a box score line. RJ. Um, that being said, Yanni is still—I mean, he's still kind of doing his Yanni stuff. There was a lot of times where the Hurricanes wanted to try to break out of their zone fast or get a stretch pass going, and they couldn't because Yanni Gord's there. Right? He's—he's he's just one of those guys who can be Johnny on the spot just to disrupt the other team. And, you know, normally that's all you kind of want out of your third line center. Yeah, exactly. I think it's kind of like the Wenberg thing where Yanni Gord does what Yanni Gord does and has done forever. And, you know, you kind of have to just know what that is that he brings. And I think maybe at certain times you got a little bit spoiled from that Gord, Tolvin and Bjorkstrand line last year, just because those guys had the scoring touch. And really it was mostly his line mates. It was Tolvin and being able to, to score at a pretty good clip to snipe some shots there. And uh, he hasn't really done that so far this season. And then Bjorkstrand really turning it on toward the end of the year. Um, but, you know, you, you don't, 
expect to see maybe a Yanni Gord right in the middle of all that and scoring himself. Uh, but then again, you know, in the playoffs, of course, he stepped up and was near point per game player because mm-hmm. that's what Yanni Gord does. I think this is just what he is in the regular season. And I haven't I don't think he's looked a whole lot different than he usually does. I'm trying. Let me pull up his his kind of career point stats um, in the regular season. I mean, look, both seasons with the Kraken, he only had 48 points. Previous season with the Lightning, 36. Year before that, 30. 48. The year before that. I mean, th- that is just kind of who he is. He is he isn't even a 50 point player from a production standpoint. Now, yes, one one goal uh, so far this season isn't great. You would like to see that number a little bit higher, but you know that's it's fine. Uh, he'll he'll get them at some point. Um, go ahead and say, I'm going to do a last call. I've got a couple comments here, but if, if I happen to skip anything earlier, or you want to say something, go ahead and add it in now, everybody. Um, Pablo, when do you guys think the Kraken are calling up Shane Wright from the AHL? Not for a while, Pablo. I mean, they, they would need some significant injuries to befall the, the big club before they would do that. Given look, they want to get him reps in the AHL and the way their schedule is at Coachella Valley. He's only played three games so far, so hasn't quite been able to get those reps in. Yeah, it's going to be a little while. They have a plan for his development and they're sticking to it. They're not going to rush him up to the NHL at all, uh, you know, even for an emergency or whatever. I just they're not going to do it. They're going to give him those reps in the AHL. And I think, you know, part of that, once you get a certain number of games under his belt, is just up to Shane Wright. You know, if he is able to kind of force his way to being that call up to where, as Dan Bilesman said about Ty Karche last year, there was no doubt in anyone's mind who that call up should be. I think if Shane can get into that territory, he'll earn the call up. Yeah, he does have a goal through those three games uh, down there. Sean, to be clear, I do not expect a lot of goals from Yanni. Just feels a little quiet to me. I mean, he hasn't quite been his total, you know, pest of of a self that he has been in the past. So I get where you're coming from, Sean. But he's still doing all that disruption uh, that that you know we know and love from him. Um, Duthin Dumoulin had his trip tonight, and I know we just signed him. But what can we do to get more out of our defense? It's a tough question, RJ. I mean, look, they they play pretty well. I feel like this is the most structured we've seen them around the the, the net front, around their goaltender. All three years the Kraken have been there. I feel like this has been their best year with that. I feel like they're really struggling defending transitions, though. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right about that. And I don't know, down the line, you look at like reinforcements, this, this group kind of is what it is, right? Yes. Uh, you know, maybe down the line, you have a Riker Evans there, but he's not going to help with the, the transition defense. No. You know, as a rookie, you just can't expect that of him. So, I, I mean, hopefully, the, the hope is that the chemistry just gets better, especially on the third line, integrating Brian Dumoulin into things where it's just going to take some time. This is the first time in the NHL he's really moved from one team to another. And so there might be an adjustment period there. And so you're just, you're hoping the chemistry gets a little bit better. Yeah. And he was playing better. Like he played better the rest of this game. He played better the last game. Like he has gotten better. Yeah. Uh, it is just taking a little while. Coop saying, I just think our D guys are all just kind of slow in open ice and transition. And you're not wrong, Coop. Like they, none of these guys are really speedsters. That's not really what they're known for. Um, so I, I, I think you, you're kind of there. Um, Sean with stick to the plan with right period. Good night, Lindsay. I know it's, it's, it's kind of weird ending this early Stratic. Who gets the net next game? We talked about it a little earlier. We both feel Grubauer, right? Yep. 
Yeah, I'm thinking Grubauer. So I think Grubauer as well. Um, Coop, I agree with you about Yanni. I'm not really missing him on the score sheet, but I've definitely found myself saying, wow, what an incredible, tough, gritty play by Yanni a lot less this year so far. Um, yeah, he's been more like, I'm going to get in this passing lane rather than I'm going to get in this guy's face. Yeah, they're been more calculated. <laughs> yeah, but the pepper pot has not been as spicy this year. Uh, yes, you're all right. Um, Lindsay, use Magna. He's been solid. It, it's an option. I, we brought that up. I thought you could have done that after that Rangers game. Doomlin's a little banged up. Let him kind of reset on the bench. Haxtell obviously felt differently. Um, Edward, RJ, how did your event go? Did you wow those youngsters with your knowledge? You know, I don't think I'd go that far as, as wowing them with my knowledge. But you know what? I will say I, I didn't see them looking down at their phones or, or laptops too much. So I guess I did an OK job. Yeah, nobody fell asleep. That was RJ was really taking a victory lap with Afra about that earlier. Uh, he was very, very proud of himself. Um, no, I mean, no, it, was, it sounded like a great event. I'm sure you gave away all of our proprietary secrets. It's just great. Uh, a couple for us still. <laughs> one or two, good. Uh, Christian, how much does the Kraken having targets on their backs because of how well they did last year factor in? Or is it mostly on the Kraken not performing as expected? I think it's it's almost completely just the Kraken maybe not performing as expected. I don't know. You know, it's not like they're defending Stanley Cup champions. That's really what gets you a target on your back. Yeah, exactly. And and I even asked some of the players because they all mentioned this, like, you know, no one's going to take us lightly this year. No one's going to take us lightly this year. I'm like, well, what does that kind of look like on the ice? And they're like, well, I mean, there, there's not really a huge difference that I can like point to as far as like how it feels different playing the game. Yeah, I think if you're a well-coached team, you know that you can never take a night off in the NHL, that every team can beat you and you can't take any team lightly. And so I, I just don't think there's that big a difference. No. Uh, Stratic, let's go 11-7 with Magna. Throw out the entire team identity. Why not, RJ? Let's go. You know what? If the Kraken had lost these last two games to start this road trip, I'd be all for that. Yeah, same here. You know what? How many times have they gone 11-7? Like no more than once or, or twice ever, right? No, it's, yeah. He's not that kind of guy, Dave Haxtell. <laughs> um Lindsay, at least we're not the sharks old kraken proverb <laughs> says the sharks are now oh six and one that is true um and then just coop i honestly didn't even realize megna was still on our team lol what a way to collect a paycheck pretty sweet gig let me introduce you to a guy named charlie whitehurst <laughs> <laughs> career nfl backup quarterback barely ever had to play made like 30 million dollars doing that yeah just a lot more than Megna. you know what though like he is always the last guy out there after the morning skates and after the practice and everything just kind of doing individual work with the coaches it's kind of the kale flurry thing from last season yep. you know what i would really like to see and i'll bring this up on a podcast probably is just like one one of these morning skates or something because that are open to the public the fans all just like chant his name or something magna magna or bring some signs or whatever just cheer specifically for him i feel like That'd he could cool. use it that would be cool for sure. Lindsay, remember after the trade deadline year one when Hayden Fleury played forward? LMAO, bad memories. Oh my gosh, RJ. I had I had blocked that from my memory. But yes. Go back and Kraken. look at some of those lineups from year one at the end of the year after the trade deadline. It's, it's pretty are, brutal. They are in such better shape now than they were year one. That was that was some rough stuff. Way to pull that one out, Lindsay. Good stuff there. Well, that's going to do it for Emerald City Hockey's post game live. Another shout out to Flat Stick Pub. Again, just because the Kraken are out of town doesn't mean y'all can't show up to Flat Stick Pub at any of their six locations around Washington. Still a great time. You could go watch the road game. And again, as Lindsay was saying, game's over. You could have tuned in to us for a whole hour. It's still 
only eight o'clock there. You can still enjoy some beers, enjoy some mini golf, enjoy some of the other fun games that they've got going on. Still have a great time during this road trip. That's going to do it for us. Unless you got one final word of wisdom, RJ, what'd you, what'd you finish with at SC? Uh, let's see. What did I finish with? Something, uh, just do it. Just, I was like Shia LaBeouf, just yes. do it. Oh, Don't okay. let your you, dreams be dreams. Oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you ripped off Nike and then credited it to Shia LaBeouf. Great job. <laughs> Thanks everybody for being with us. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>